Hello, and welcome to Doc Tales, the podcast where I get to interview my dad about his lifelong adventures as a doctor in Israel and all around the world. I'm Yoni Alkin. And I'm Dr. Michael Alkin. And he's here to tell you, in his own voice, his Doc Tales. Oh, today we have a special treat for you. Two for the price of one. We're going to hear about how my parents met and got married, which wasn't such a straightforward journey, but it has a very happily ever after that's actually still going on. First, we'll hear from my dad. And after that, I get the opportunity to interview my mom and ask her how it all went down for her. So here we go. Today, you get to listen to two of my favorite people on earth. Let's get started. Last time we met, you left us on a cliffhanger. You were saying that you're going to talk a little bit about how you met my mom, your Dena. So tell me, Dad, how did you meet my mother? Okay, we go back to the year of 1966, about maybe February or March. Um, as I told you in a previous talk, I was an intern in the small community hospital in Beersheba. And I used to go home for weekends and use the train. So I'm sitting in the train. It's a Sunday morning. The sun isn't up yet. I need to be in Beersheba at the, at the hospital before 8 o'clock. So this must be 6 or something like that. It is dark in the train. And I just sit somewhere, and across from me sits a young lady. And uh, she starts talking to me, I start talking to her. And the long trip of about almost two hours to Beersheba at the time, it was a very slow train. We got to talk to each other, and it turned out that uh, she was a kindergarten teacher, and uh, this was her military service, and uh, she was uh, living in uh, an apartment shared by four different kindergarten teachers. And as we got to Beersheba, I collected all my guts and asked her for the address. And at that evening, I came to see this uh, young kindergarten teacher. And it took about... 30 minutes for me to understand that uh, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong girl. <laughs> she said uh, she needs to make decorations and uh, posters for her kindergarten for uh, the holiday of Purim, which was approaching, and she doesn't know how to draw and how to paint. So I uh, got down on my knees with a large sheet of paper and started drawing uh, figures of uh, clowns and uh, all the other memorabilia from the traditional feast of uh, Purim, which is a very uh, happy and joyous and uh, let-go feast. Yeah. Thinking of how do I get out of here without, uh, <laughs> without any complications. Yeah. And the door opens, and in comes half-walking, half-dancing, full of adrenaline, another young teacher introduces herself as Yardena and immediately uh, starts talking to me. I talk to her and I'm holding a branch of a very special tree in my hand. When you cut it when it's young, 
the bark is brown and the flesh is white, or actually off-white, and you can carve into the bark and make nice shapes. And I have a an operating room scalpel in my hand, and I'm carving into this bark while I'm talking to Yardena. I just looked it up. Uh, it's called katlav in Hebrew and madrones in English. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Okay, okay. I, I only knew the Hebrew name. Anyway, uh, this was the conversation piece. And she said, uh, I am from uh, Naria and I like to hike in Western Galilee. And uh, there are a lot of trees like that in the forests of uh, Western Galilee. So I leave with Yardena in my heart. And uh, I go back to the dorm where I had a little room. And the next day I go to work and uh, my temperature starts rising. I cough a lot. Mm. And I decide that in spite of this being the beginning of the week, I ask for permission to go back to my parents' house because I'm sick. I take something to break the fever, take the bus instead of the train because it's faster. And my father puts a stethoscope on my chest and says, you've got pneumonia. Oh, no. And I look at him and I say, please, Dad, cure me fast. There is this kindergarten teacher in Beersheba <laughs> whom I want to meet again. And uh, if this takes too long, she will not remember who I, who I am. Oh, my God. And a week later, I come back to Beersheba and uh, I go to this very apartment. And there is Yardena. And I pull out the branch that I completed carving, and it was beautiful. And I said, this is for you. And she pulls out a branch of the same tree and says, this is for you to carve another one. Oh, that's beautiful. And I say, let's, let's go for a walk in the hills. Uh, because the apartment is too, too crowded, too dense, too many girls. And she says, one moment, puts lipstick on and walks with me downstairs and out of the house. I stop at a little kiosk where they sell ice cream, and I buy her an ice cream cone. And she says, what is this for? And I say, this is to wipe off your lipstick. <laughs> it's funny that you tell the story about the lipstick, because I have a very similar story with my wife about a lipstick, because when I first met her, she was wearing lipstick, and I... I asked her to, to remove it so we could kiss. I don't know where that comes from, but I have an aversion of lipstick as well. So I guess thank you, Dad. <laughs> we go into the desert hills surrounding Beersheba, and we sit on one of them in the cool wind and enjoy the view over the town and start chatting for real. And this was the beginning of uh, of genuine real love affair yeah within a few weeks uh, it was clear that this is going to be serious so you know, then I invited me to meet her parents and I went north to Naharia and as she still recites I uh, showed up at the glass door to the rear entrance of the house where where everybody entered dressed in a coat which was made of uh, a fur of a lamb, uh -huh. white and beautiful. And uh, 
I spent the weekend there speaking German to her mother, Hebrew to her father, a long philosophical discussion into the night with uh, Grandpa Chaim, yeah. Hermann, admiring the paintings of uh, Safta Keri of Grandma on the walls. And the next morning, uh, we decided to go to the higher mountains of Western Galilee and hike. Just to intersect for a second, just to say a little bit about my grandparents on the other side, who are very special people, um, each one in their own way, very much opposites of one another. Um, and uh, my grandmother, Kerry, um, she is a painter, just like my mom. And grandfather, Chaim, was a... Uh, Oh my God! He he was he was the handyman and the construction builder and repairer for a factory in Naharia, right? The industrial enterprise. And while being a very simple man in certain aspects, he was a very loving and philosophical person. He loved to talk about deep things. Yes, and. Uh, he read a lot of books in German mm-hmm. and uh, used this knowledge that he gathered in order to uh, uh, elaborate and philosophize uh, in a very individualistic way, very uh, original, not always understood, not always uh, agreed upon, but it was always a... Uh, launching pad for a long discussion. Right. And it's important also to mention that both of them are from Germany as well. Both of them were from Germany. Chaim Hermann was from uh, Dresden, and his wife Kerry was from Koblenz. And don't forget, my father was from Berlin, and my mother was from the German-speaking part of Czechoslovakia, which was very close to Dresden. Right. So when when the four of them met, it was as if they have known each other for years and mm. years, and if they as if they were friends forever, and they were, they really liked each other a lot. Oh, good. Yes. So you took a trip the next day. The next day we went hiking on a beautiful trail. It, as I said, it was March, April. Flowers were out. Uh, I, I was very proud to know the names of the flowers, some of them even in German, because I learned that from my mother while hiking with her. Huh. And uh, we saw some wild orchids, which were quite rare. And Yardena and I decided that every time we come upon an or- a wild orchid, I give her a kiss. <laughs> and uh, I, I will never forget this hike. It was fantastic. And then we took a bus down to Akko, ate some hummus in a small Arab restaurant, and sat above the water on on the pier. And I pulled out the recorder and played for Yardena. It really was revealing each other's preferences, each other's priorities and uh, we really we really fell deeply in love during this weekend Hmm. yeah it sounds like that not long after that Yardena moved in in the little room that I had across the street from the hospital 
when Yardena came, the room was full of dust with a path from the door to the bed, from the bed to the toilet and back. This is where I walked. The rest of the room I didn't even use because I was at the hospital for many, many, many long hours and used the room just to sleep. Uh, food was provided by the hospital, three meals a day for the interns. It was free. So uh, I didn't use the kitchenette. I used the bathroom shower and I used the bed. And that's why in the dust on the floor, there were these two trails leading from the door to the bed and from the bed to the toilet. And I came home from work with the first day that Yardena was there. The place was shiny and clean. One of the old pottery shirts, larger part of a cooking vessel, Byzantine, which I dug out on one of the hikes, uh, was standing on a little chair, and in it, or looking out of it, were ears of, uh, of a special kind of wheat, where the hair of the ears is black, and the ears themselves are yellow. So she decorated the room. Later on came two photographs of ancient coins that I made for Walter uh, of uh, his collection right. and printed myself. And they found their place on the walls of the same room. She made it into a home. Yeah. She really did. Yeah. It's it's interesting to to hear you tell this because I have the same experience with her as well. As a child, we used to travel a lot, um, especially with your uh, years in the U.S., which I'm sure we'll talk about in the future. Uh, we used to travel, and you liked to travel. And what she used to do is take um, kind of like a – I want to say a tapestry, but it's not a carpet. It's just a piece of cloth that is very colorful. And wherever we went, whether it's a Motel 6 or just a campground, she would hang that on the wall – and that was home. So she basically brought the heart into every place that she went to. The addition to that is two pillowcases from the child's room. That's right. Which covered any pillow on the road. That's right. So that the child puts his or her head on a known piece of home. Yeah. Yes. Yes, this is one of her strengths to make you feel at ease and at home everywhere. Yeah. Anywhere you are. Okay, and uh, this uh, really uh, became a wonderful relationship. And we had plans that when I join the military, we will get married and we will live in a kibbutz, which was not far from uh, the permanent base of the paratrooper unit. And all of this was uh, carefully planned, but it never came to be mm -hmm. because of the Six-Day War. Right. At the end of the internship, I think I told you the story, I went abroad with Jochen Michal, and when I came back, it was very clear that this is going to lead to, to a wedding. And then came officer school, Six-day war, visits to uh, 
wives and girlfriends of uh, dead com comrades who uh, these visits were terrible were very very difficult for me and I went to Yardena and I said Yardena I cannot marry I cannot do this to you I cannot while I'm in the paratrooper unit run the chance of you being in the situation in which these widows are yeah and Yardena was devastated. She she said, and, and how will we survive? How am I supposed to continue? How, what, how will this happen? And all I could say was, look, I could remain your friend and support you, but don't wait for me. It will take too long because I had two and a half years of military service in front of me. Right. This was before you stepped into the office and signed another seven. You're right. You're right. This was after we were married already. Oh, I see. So it was it was heartbreaking for both of us. Yardena might tell her part of the story. She cut her hair almost to the skull for the first time since uh, she was about five years old and had lice and had to be uh, shaved clean. Yeah. And and it was a sign of mourning, a sign of uh, of loss. At the time, I, I told her, before that, I told her, please do something more interesting than just being a kindergarten teacher. And she started art school. Living in Jerusalem, I once came to visit, she wasn't there. And I had a little bag of peanuts, which I pinned to her door, saying... You weren't here, but here are some peanuts for you. <laughs> and within six months, I was abroad in a place that I will describe in a different chapter, completely on my own, with one more Israeli as my medic and two other Israelis about an hour on foot away in a different uh, camp. And uh, I established a field hospital there. I was all alone, thinking, not having anybody to talk to. And our communication with home was through cables. And letters which came about a month later with the monthly jeep that came across the border from uh, the neighboring country. And in, in a letter, Yardena said, I'm traveling to England. And... That got me thinking, and I cabled back, waiting after I land, and uh, I did land, and we did get married. Hmm. And it is the beginning of, uh, what is it now, 54 years of marriage? Yeah. And for both of us, it was a complete change of life and uh, all for the better. Yeah. And I have to say, 55 years of happy marriage. You are really, you are both uh, around 80 years old and you love each other so dearly. You ruined it for all of us. How can we find something like that for our lives? Thank you very much. I would say two things. Number one, marriage is an uphill battle to be fought every day. 
And number two, once you reach the summit, which is a wonderful plateau, it's not a peak, life is wonderful. Mm. And uh, the last, I would say, 10 years are the best years of our marriage. Yeah. Uh, which is so wonderful. Yeah, that's beautiful to hear. A lot more understanding, a lot more tolerance, a lot more appreciation of each other. Yeah. So you finished your um, excursion and then you came back. How long after did you get married? It must be about two or three months after I landed. Mm -hmm. And uh, these two or three months were preparing for the wedding. Uh, there is still a photograph in the family of your father uh, taking off his white shirt to be married in and decorating the wedding cake with uh, whipped cream <laughs> squeezed out of a plastic bag instead of a real uh, squirt bottle. Right. And uh, the wedding took place uh, on the lawn of uh, the Alkan house in Rehovot. Um There were actually not too many guests, about a hundred. Um, and it was, it was a wonderful affair. Uh, Chaim Schmidt, Jordana's father, came and uh, cut away part of the railing of the balcony. Walter made a face but uh, held back. <laughs> and Chaim looked at him and said, I will put it back, don't worry. <laughs> because he wanted people to walk in and out of the house freely. Mm -hmm. He made two steps out of wood so that you could walk out of the balcony into the yard where the lawn was, where the wedding took place, while the refreshments and food were indoors, he took care of it. Next morning, I look at the railing and I think, ay, 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 what will happen now? Right. Chaim is already in the street holding up a truck which took a welding machine in a trailer behind <laughs> and convincing him for a fee to come and weld the railing back into place. Oh, my God. So he kept, he kept his word. Yeah. And it was, it was sheer luck that he found this bypassing <laughs> uh, blacksmith that could help weld back the railing of the balcony. That's hilarious. When we sold the house, the railing was still there and the, the, you know, the scar of the welding was only known to the seller, not to the buyer. So this was our wedding ceremony, followed by a uh, nightly cookout uh, in a uh, crusader ruin on the way to Jerusalem, organized by my brother Dodi. Um, which was wonderful, and uh, followed by the honeymoon, which was a week uh, of hiking in the Sinai Peninsula, uh, which really uh, welded forever our love for each other, our love for hiking in the desert. And we really can say that it was the beginning of a very happy marriage. Before we get to my mother's side of the story, I want to make a quick introduction. My mother is one of the kindest people I know, and she is a true sweetheart. When I approached her to record her side of the story, she got a bit nervous because her English is not as good as my dad's. 
So, in her brilliance and calming manner, she wrote her introduction in Hebrew, then sat down to translate it into English, and then read that out loud for the podcast. Once that was out of the way, she felt liberated from it, and I was able to convince her to just sit down and have a conversation with me, and I'm sure that you will hear in her words just how sweet she is. So let's first hear her written account, and then hear, in her own voice, her love tale. My name is Yardena, Yoni's mother, and I want to share with you how I met his dear father, Mick. Before studying art in Jerusalem, I was serving the army at the teaching unit, sharing a flat with three girls in Beersheba. It was winter evening, 1966. I'm storming the room, just returning from dancing class, wearing short skirt, black tights, and my adrenaline high in the sky. Finding my three girls hosting a young, handsome man, sitting at the dining table, holding Serger's calfet, carving carefully delicate shapes, on a shiny red branch of a tree you find only in the wild. Do you like to hike and travel? I start asking curiously. Did you find this shiny red branch of the tree named Ktalav while hiking in the forest? Shortly, in no time, we found out more and more things we share. Like his German background, his mother's paintings and sculptures, our listening to classic music like Mozart and Bach, our taste in literature, playing George Bersan's on the guitar, and singing John Baez, We Shall Overcome. But most of all, I liked his curiosity and passion to adventure. We used to say time is flying when you're having fun. It was far more than having fun. Suddenly, I realized I fall in love. After he left, we, the four girls, promised not to fight. Let's wait and find out who is the lucky girl. Remembering the shining red branch, I found one and start carving, waiting for his next visit. I was absolutely sure with my feelings that after a week of waiting, I took a ride with one of my friends to look for Mick in the hospital. Oh, yes, Dr. Mick, he sick, went home to a hovel, was the answer. Sure enough, after fortnight, red shiny branch knock on our door, asking, where is Yardena? Holding my breath, rushing to get my red shiny branch, handing it over to him. The silent was my happiness. No word was necessary. Walking into the desert, in the magic hour at sunset, I received a poetry book only after he bought me a popsicle to get rid of my lipstick. 
and all the rest is history. It's so wonderful to hear your turn of events of what happened when you met Dad. But I want to hear, how did it feel? I mean, was it love at first sight? Was it... Uh, you know, you continued thinking about him or it's like, oh, oh that's an interesting guy. I'm, I wonder what's going to happen. How did that feel to you? <laughs> I was so sure that this is the one that very naive. I, I sent a letter to my mom the next day that I found the one. I, I I didn't want to tell it uh-huh. at first, but uh, since you are asking, yeah, <laughs> yes, and I, I look, it, it it was bang bang bang, click click click, yeah, immediate. All the things that are important for me, like culture, background, uh, I like to say he ticked all the boxes. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. You can say that again. It's okay. <laughs> I agree. That's it. So, uh, yes, it was uh, also judgment and also feeling. It was together. It came together. What, what do you mean by judgment? Uh, how, say it in Hebrew. Um, <laughs> oh, so gathering information about him, like all... all uh, on paper, yes. he, he looked great, and then also emotionally <laughs> it clicked. Paper. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, how wonderful. And you you went out and he got you a popsicle, and, and uh, you spent a lot of time together, or was it difficult because of your, uh, his, well, no, wait, you were, what, what were you doing at the time? When you when you I, guys met. I was a teacher in the kindergarten, uh-huh. and he, uh, living with the three girls, and he dwelt in the special rooms for for the staff in the hospital. So I moved in to be with him. Okay, well, that's right. And so you you got so to spend we live more together. Time. Yes, yes, we lived together. Sooner or later, the Six-Day War broke up. I was young, and the mothers came to me to ask for advice, and I was so young. I I told them, everything will be okay. Don't worry. Everything will be okay. And I told myself also, because uh, Mick is a parachuter, and his two brothers as well. No. Gidon was not yet uh, in the army. Yeah, he was younger. He was he was in high school. Yeah, for sure. But Dodi was also a parachuter. Yeah. Parachute, you say? Parachute. Paratrooper, yeah. <laughs> Paratrooper. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, okay. You remember dad coming home from the war and how did how when you received him back from the war? How was that? How did it feel to you? What did he look like to you? Something in the eyes. You can look into his eyes and see he's not completely there. Mm. And it was frightening. But I am, basically, my personality is optimist. I'm optimist. So I said, okay, it will be okay. 
we'll see. Time will will heal everything. Yeah. But, yes, but it didn't work. And uh, so we part for uh, half a year, I think it was. Right. In the meanwhile, I went to Jerusalem to study in Bezalel. Yeah, which is a very uh, prestigious art school in Israel. Yes, in Jerusalem. And it helped me a lot. Because for mon- one month, I was like a, <laughs> a zombie. <laughs> when he told me that we are not going to marry, I... I cut my hair. I I changed. I stopped eating. It was so difficult. I was also in a shock. Yeah, yeah. But studying is uh, really helped me a lot. Yeah, it got you Go out of it a little bit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. And. Later, he he went to Kurdistan, right? And you started Mm -hmm. uh, sending messages for one another. And I remember you telling me a story about uh, another Michael during that time. Do you mind sharing a little bit? The previous one. Yeah, do you mind sharing a little bit about the other Michael? Wow. (laughs) We were together for five years. He was my first real boyfriend. Mm Mm-hmm real relationship and and we also we had planned also a wedding (laughs) but because i was his first one he hesitated he wants to have more more experience exactly so uh, just to be keen and to be open to him i i sent him a letter that i'm going to Mary, and I'm not coming to England because he he invited me. He sent me a ticket. So let's go back one sec. You're saying the other Michael invited you to England to be with him yes. during the time when yes. dad was in uh, Kurdistan. Okay, you are right. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you are right. And I wrote to make mm-hmm. that I am traveling to England to meet Michael. Right, the other <laughs> Michael. Michael. Yeah. <laughs> and he he sent me back uh, that he is coming back and we are going to marry. Yeah. How did it feel getting that? <laughs> wow. I was so happy. From that moment till now. <laughs> <laughs> how many years? Oh, yeah, how many? <laughs> Is it 60... 67? Well, no. Uh, Kurdistan was a little later, but yes, around that time. So. Okay, 68 we got married. Yeah, 55 years? October 68. Yeah, long enough. <laughs> to ruin ruin relationships. Long enough to ruin a relationship, but you didn't. You stayed together and throughout all the ups and downs. And I got to say that seeing you two now after retirement, after just all the kids left (laughs) home, what's called the empty nest syndrome. um, Right. You're you're (laughs) as happy as you've ever been. Uh, especially happy mm-hmm. together. Your love still flourishes. Right. I don't know why. Hmm. I 
and and Mick says, "Better don't ask. It's so nice. <laughs> yeah, let's go go on with it." Yeah, I don't can understand that question. <laughs> <laughs> That's so wonderful. Yes, you're right. Exactly, you described it exactly. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you one more thing. How do you feel? dad changed you as a person throughout the years and how do you feel you've changed him over the years i think you are the best person to realize and to tell me because you were a witness that's true and the uh, yes it's true but i i was a child so it's it's kind of difficult you have a bigger a longer perspective 10 years old you you were behaving like an adult mm. very quickly yes you understood and you made connection with people so quickly and uh, you understood yeah. many things that uh, a child 10 years old didn't even <laughs> realized yeah so please tell me <laughs> no i want to hear from you i want to hear what you think <laughs> how how things changed but that's okay Yes. Uh, the, Say it in Hebrew. That's fine. Don't play the blame game. Yes. Be rather happy than right. That's your tip for people in a this relationship. This is the motto, yes. The, mo- the motto. Don't play. Yeah. The blame yes. game. The blame game. Rather be happy than right. I love that. That's beautiful. Okay. Yeah. You like it? Yeah, yeah. Sold. <laughs> it works. <laughs> it works. It works. <laughs> Excellent. And, and I learned one thing from my good friend in Hawaii, mm-hmm. Larry. Yeah. Instead of coming and give uh, orders mm-hmm. to the family, to his kids, he's coming very gently and say, how about this and this and this? How about this and this? Very positively. Yeah. No, yes, with no pressure and with a smile and, and support. And I learned this from him, yeah. from Larry. Yeah. I don't know. I have a feeling that you came ready with it already. You've always been very kind and friendly to everyone around you and made everyone feel comfortable and loving. Uh, that's the way I mm-hmm. feel when you walk into the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will say, as you're, yes. you're, you're, you were saying earlier, like, oh, 10-year-old Yoni knows already. I will say that the one thing that I, I've seen throughout my life that has always been wonderful is to see the combination of you two. I always said as a kid that my dad is the most intelligent person I know and my mom is the, mo- the smartest person that I know. And I think <laughs> I think that combination of so much knowledge and being analytical and knowing so much on the one hand and on the other hand having so much heart and caring about people. And it's not like he doesn't care about people. Of course he does. But it's just a different approach. And I think that the combination of these two, they're not really opposites, mm-hmm. but these two elements together makes different. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's different. Um, and it, it 
bring we are different you're different but you're very much alike like you're saying like he ticked all the boxes like it, it, it was great it was exactly what i was looking for right but you yes, you arrive into things from different perspectives and that really gave me and my siblings a beautiful perspective on life and thank you thank you for that thank you thank you yeah wow it's so good having <gasps> you here there's <laughs> Okay, just one thing. Yeah. We want to tell you. Let's imagine a car is on the, on the road going with its own rhythm. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I can, I jump on this car and go along. And when it's not possible, I go down and wait. Mm. And the next possibility... I jump on the car again and go along. This car is your dad. Yeah. During our life together, I join the ride when it's possible. And if not, I have my, my own life. I have my own personality, independent. Yeah. I think this, this is uh, the secret. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And I remember you saying... Like people asking, how do you survive with three kids when he is uh, traveling all in the, the time in the army or traveling in and not home at all in the hospital mm -hmm. all hours of the night? And you were like, that's great. I get to do what I want. I get to uh, raise the kids <laughs> the way I like and, and, and get it done. To do my mistake, to do my mistake quietly. Nobody will <laughs> judge me. <laughs> Yeah, and and I love that, that combination mm -hmm. of I'm independent when I want to and I join the ride and enjoy it when I want to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes, it, yes, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, flexibility. Flexibility. It's so nice to talk to you. Yeah, it's really lovely having you and talking mm -hmm. with you, as always. Mm -hmm. More soon. Thank you so much for joining us on this adventure. This show was recorded and edited by me, Yoni Alkin, and it would not be made possible without the wonderful help of my brother, Shai Alkin. The music you're hearing right now and in the beginning is by the awesome Jefferson Berge, and you can find more about us at docktales.org. I hope you join us again here at Docktales, and in the meanwhile, take care of yourself and take care of somebody else. Mm -hmm.